Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I'm talking about characters. I'll probably be talking about characters within the next couple of weeks, just because that's what I'm doing at work right now. (laughs) So you guys know that I'm a teacher and a literacy coach, and I am working on the standard about characters. This is our to me, one of our big pillar standards, because if students are able to break down the motivations of a character and understand the why behind the actions and dialogue and movements of these characters, that they're more, um, they're more capable readers. They're skilled readers in the sense that they can predict what might possibly happen next. They can see how characters interact. So it's a huge standard for us. My students also asked me yesterday to make some videos. I was like, what? They were like, yes, the videos would appear to be helpful for them. Um, So I may be doing some little clip videos that's on my work channel for my students. So if you happen to see those around, um, you'll know that it's because it was by student request that I am going to show them how to um, properly insert dialogue into a text and so on and so forth. So guys, today let's talk about what we did yesterday. We did interviewing your characters and I gave you some, what type of shoes did your character wear? What's their favorite, you know, series? What are their fears? I gave you all of that just so you could, you know, continue to build and shape your character in your mind. But today I want us to move forward and I want us to talk about internal and external conflict. And I want us just to to understand that conflict drives the plot and that whatever it is that is happening in your story, whether it's the internal conflict, the external conflict, or both happening at the same time, are the pieces of the puzzle that create the full picture. By the end of the story, of course, the conflict is resolved or the conflict gets turned up all over upside on its head and you're ready for book two because, oh my gosh, you've got to see the next piece of the, you know, the puzzle. So at the beginning of story, when you're introducing your character, your character 
of course, is having a conflict. They're about to approach an inciting incident. So there is something that's going on with this character. However, that shouldn't be the only thing. That should not be the primary thing. It should be what the character thinks is going on, when in fact there are other conflicts that come along the way that even surprise your character. Unless you are writing a, a children's book, for example, you may work on, um, for there is a book, I love it, about Ruby has a fear, and Ruby has to face that fear, and it follows her, and the more um, she goes about her day, it either gets bigger or it gets smaller. So, it's about handling emotion. And so, throughout that children's book, it's different fears that Ruby could be experiencing and how it manifests, you know, with anxiety and worry. Ruby's got a worry. I think that's the name. I love that book so much. I'm sorry I can't call it out correctly, but I'm using that one as an example as that. That is that conflict. You know it in the title. You understand it in the blurb. You know what you're going to read. However, when you are reading a book that is maybe for an adult audience, let's go there, let's go the, the, the wide range here, you understand that the character is going to start off with some type of internal angst, some kind of, you know, battle that's raging within them, or they thought they were perfect and they realized that they're not, <laughs> or whatever it is that's going on with that character internally is almost paralleling what is happening with the, with the character externally. So you can't just have external forces coming at a character. You know, you can't just have the, the villain, the antagonist, coming at the character on all sides, yet they're not actually going through anything themselves. One, that just would not be a realistic character. It would be very one-dimensional, so I want you to consider the internal and the external conflicts that your character might have had in the past, because I think you need to give them a history. So, for example, create a back story for your character. Now, I'm not telling you to put this in the book. Now, it may come up later as a flashback or something like that, but no, I'm not telling you to do that. I need you to build memories for your character because when your character comes to you and visits and says, okay, I'm ready for you to write me now, you're seeing them in their place of time. I want you to see what's helped to shape your character. Well, what has gotten to this point? So I'm going to use Sweet Potato Jones. I'm going to talk about YA for a minute. I'm going to use Sweet Potato Jones as an example. So, when Sweet Potato Jones showed up to me, she was dealing with multiple conflicts. She was dealing with a dad who did not have stable employment. They were living in a shed behind an abandoned house because they were too scared to live in the house for fear that they would get caught being up near closer to the road. So, they were actually living in a shed. Okay, so you're dealing with a father, you're dealing with a, a home situation, you're dealing with a brother who is saying, I've had enough, you're dealing with a sister 
who has somehow held on to her faith throughout this time and says, look, look, God, you know, Mays needs a home, Lord, just help us with our next move. And so now she's wrestling with, why can't I have that faith that Belle has? I've lost my faith. And so why has she lost her faith? Um, she's had an emotional roller coaster ride of a life and she lost her mother and she feels like it's her fault. She feels like she wasn't good enough to save her mother from drug addiction. And so she's dealing with that concept and that grief still. So this is in chapter one. So she's dealing with external forces, which is fear of you know, child protective services, fear of money, and job stability outside external forces she's she's afraid of what characters may do like her brother running away but she's also dealing with the internal conflict with look you know maze is my rock if if there's anyone in this family that's that's you know my rock i, I need him with me i, can, I don't want to do this alone she doesn't want them to be separated and she's scared for Mays. She's scared, well, what would happen to Mays? He doesn't have the skills. He's, you know, 14 years old. If he runs away, what happens with his life, his education? We got to finish this thing somehow. We got to get it patched together. It's like she's trying to patch a quilt with all the extra straps and scraps that she can. And so that is a YA book in chapter one. And so you will see as the progression of the story moves forward, you are still dealing with these strands of conflict. They're still having fears of child protective services and being split apart. We're still having to deal with Mays and his need to run, the father and the father's inconsistencies. You're still having to deal with all of that while Sweet Potato actually has to deal with something good at the same time and how do you handle good with everything that you've just been surviving on and so she has to battle that so these are the internal conflicts and the external conflicts that are set up early on in your book and then you've got twists and turns you've got another character that comes in that pushes a limit of an external conflict piece possibly and no one's expecting that character who is that character and why did they go after sweet potato or something like that you see you've got to have your your twist and your turns that even your character is unaware of you can't make it to the point where it's just that one piece and you're going to carry that thread throughout because your character is dynamic and your, your dynamic character, that three-dimensional dynamic character, has got to move through internal and external conflict pieces. And so, Sweet Potato's got a backstory. Sweet Potato has a memory later where she sees a family. She sees a family giving away family members and selling them. So she understands that there is a black market trade even out there. In what desperation? What would people do for money? 
they would give up their family for money. She can't do that. She she has a fear. She sees so much in her life. And all of those pieces shape Sweet Potato's dialogue, shape her actions, shape her responses and reactions. So when something happens that is actually good, Sweet Potato does not know how to handle that one day. And in that moment, how is she going to react? How would you react? And so if you're not sure how your character would react, you know, try to be a little empathetic here. Try to, you know, walk in your character's shoes. And I know that it's hard because our characters are so far removed from us. They're our, they're our dream, right? They're our, they're our sweetheart from the sky. But when we're plotting out the what's next... It's always not just the what's next. You know, that's the surface part. What we've got to consider as authors is why is it next? And why is that character making these choices? Oh my gosh, they're so frustrating. (laughs) Well, there's a reason. There's a reason why the character's frustrating. What is it? They just don't wake up frustrated and then show up at your door. They've got some kind of backstory. So I want you to think about that. And I'm not saying that you go all into that in your book. But you need to have that in your mind. So I feel that during nanoprep, it might be a great idea for you to bank some memories of your character. So I have a memory between my dad and I of flying kites. And I love that memory. So in Offbeat, when she has a memory moment, she and the there's a part of a lyric that she loves so much and she just doesn't even she doesn't understand how her songwriter just can get it so right all the time, right? And so Presley just gets it right. And the memory actually attaches to her. It's, it's a part of her own life story that she has these fond memories. And it softens her up a little bit. And that becomes one of her Remember When becomes her favorite song to sing on stage. Well, why is that? Why is something your favorite song? Well, maybe it's because it evokes an emotion in you. So that's my character's favorite song. And it's the same as, you know, thinking of memories of your villains. You got your antagonist here. What is it? Now, look, he could be a sociopath. He could be a psychopath. I understand. You can can just have someone that the memory is always being, you know, suspicious, evil, da-da-da, da-da-da. But there could have been an inciting incident in their own lives that pushed them to this point. And so, what was it about your antagonist? Because that may come up later. You never know. And even if it doesn't come up in your book, at least you've got a firmer understanding of the whys behind the dialogue, the actions, the reactions of your characters. And this can help you build a dynamic character. It's to investigate the internal and external conflict and what was it even in the past 
So when they come to us, they don't come, in my opinion, this is me, they don't come to us with an empty bucket. And, and we get to feel it. No, they come to us scarred, jaded, <laughs> uh, optimistic, pessimistic. They come to us with this quirkiness, this personality. Well, how is it there? How did it get there? What was up, you know? And so, like, for the Hartwell Chronicles, I'm going to use another example of YA. So, at the beginning, Victoria has Tyler to look forward to in the summer. So they, they've already made plans and they are going to get to tour. Their family is going to let them go up and down the East Coast and follow a band, Mark McKinney and Company, which is a real live band. It's a Native American band. Um, they are so awesome. The lead singer just got country music um, singer, um, entertainer of the year. Um, and so that's their band that they are going to go on this road trip together and you see how one the parents are trusting the parents um have this freedom so that means that when things start happening with victoria and she's all off on her own and maybe she shows a little bit more of you know this independence well it's probably because she has been that way she just didn't wake up a little bit more mature than other people she probably had to shield a lot of things and deal with a lot of things and it grew her up fast right and so you're starting off showing a level of maturity of our main characters by the trusting nature of this family with her or they just hey i've got too many other problems let her go deal with it that's one less thing i've let her go off that's one less thing we have to worry about so that also shows that there's a strained family relationship and that this has also been building and that also is shaped in the dialogue not just the telling but in the dialogue within the first chapter and so she's dealing with, you know, hopes and dreams. Those are external things, too, because she gets to go on a trip, and now it's canceled. Now she's got to deal with sibling and a family dynamic that is all going apart. It's falling apart. It's absolutely crazy in her house right now. She's got to deal with being separated from her best friend in a moment where she feels like she needs him the most. And so there is external and internal conflict because that means how is she going to deal with everything alone? So she gets her song book. She turns to something that, okay, don't forget your song book. That's her way. And so you start to see a lot of the pieces of Victoria. Little pieces. These are the threads that will be carried out throughout the book. I just don't start the conflict and not finish that conflict. That parental conflict, that family dynamic stays. That tension stays. And then it either is going to be resolved or it is going to escalate. It's according to if it's a series or it's according to what, you know, what happens with the, the arc of the story. But it's going to be there. And so I hope I've given you some conversation here that can help you think through some internal and external conflict pieces that you might would like to consider for your nano prep. 
and you can do some exercises. You can sit down with your journal and you can start charting, listing out memories. You can just put a list of experiences that helped shape her, you know, shape her, your character and say, okay, so why does the character have this really tough exterior right now? What is it from their past that makes them so tough and so defensive? Because if your character starts off defensive, I'm sure that they have been burned somehow. They have been neglected, hurt, taken advantage of somewhere to get them to have the shell that they pull in front of themselves and hide behind. And so thinking about memories, thinking about life experiences of your character, that it can also help you understand a little bit more of that internal conflict that that character may face. And then you can start charting that out. You can actually say, okay, now that I've got my plot charted, and I'm doing the Save the Cat speed sheet, or I'm doing the three-act structure, you know, whichever way you go. I go with the three-act structure just because I love it. We all have our way, right? And so, when I get the, you know, when I get to the part where there's a doubt that comes in, well, here's that other side character, you know, at the beginning that's going to help her. Somebody's going to come in and be an assistant to her to help her get through so there comes a flat character that's there, or, you know, a character that is going to be there to support her. So I need to kind of know, well, is that a family member? Is that a friend? Who is it that's going to be that person for her? And then how is that going to change and develop over the time? And then when she gets to the darkest part of the night, if you're using the Save Cat Beachy, you know, she's got to wrestle through these things on her own. And now she's got the efficacy to do that. And her capacity has been built throughout the book. You know, that doesn't mean that that character still isn't there for her. But it may be in a lesser mode. And that other character is there still to shine the light on our main. However, our main has to start evolving and growing on her own or his own. So, I say all of this to you guys just to encourage you to think about all of the previous baggage that your characters are walking up to you with. One, not to encourage you to write the whole thing down. Because a lot of this, your readers don't need to know. You need to know it. They don't need to know it all. Okay? Two, it can just help you when you're determining your why. And once you get your why, you're set. Why is your character doing what they're doing? This character motivation piece is central to moving the plot. Because if it's not moving the plot, it's a placeholder and it's boring. And it's just lagging and it's filler work. So let's consider, you know, is it necessary? Is it important? Is it going to bring value to the plot? <laughs> and if it does, that's wonderful. If it doesn't, what are you using it for? Is it a distraction? Or is it you're worried about your word count? Because I'd worry more about my plot development than I would worry about my word count. Well, all right, guys. I am pulling up. I can see the work place in the distance. And I hope that you guys have a wonderful day. 
Good luck with your nano prep. I will be praying for you. If there are some tips that you would like to share, please email me, jenlowrywrites at gmail.com, and let me know how you're handling the nano prep. And I will talk with you later. Bye. Now that you found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to where books are sold and find me there. I've published 11 books so far, and I write clean books for all ages. Horror, paranormal, sweet romance, fantasy, historical fiction, you name it, I've got your genre. Search Jen Lowry at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kobo, and more. And for my Bible devotionals, you'll see my full name, Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry on Amazon. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.